Welcome back to episode 29 of the Web3 show. It's uh, so good to be back uh, recording in the evening. I think uh, we have Quinet to thank, uh, Galactic Q himself, to thank for this, uh, because he was celebrating his, his anniversary with his other half yesterday, so we had to move it to the evening. So thanks, thanks Q. Uh, it's good good to be back. Um, as always, the wizards are with me. Um, Galactic Q, red pills in hand, uh, going to deliver a fiery market update as per usual. And your guy in Tradfire, the <laughs> the shadow of the shadow of Wall Street or Small Street now. I think you've. Uh, it seems like he's he's retired. Um, but good to have you boys here. Uh, obviously, you know. Thanks for turning out, turning turning up again to to uh, to battle the bear market. Um, how are we feeling currently uh, with everything that's happening in the markets? Q, I know you'll give a bigger market update. Luca, uh, are you confused? Sure of the direction? How are you how are you feeling about things? I'm uh, feeling calm actually. That's good. Yeah. That was probably the whiskey from this last weekend. Is that the whiskey or the psychedelics? Which one? I I think it's the weekend away, guys, and the scenery. (laughs) Yeah. And to give people context, uh, myself, uh, I was was privileged enough to actually uh, be invited to your guy in Tradfire's lair out in the the remote location where I was able to see his uh, Bloomberg terminal and the trading set up and and, uh, basically plug into Wall Street. Um, he, uh, <laughs> he gave, we'll talk about it later. Um, but I was going to say something about the telegram leaks, but we'll speak about that after the market update. Um, <laughs> did you just, Luca, did you just equate coming to the idyllic Norwegian coastline as basically coming and seeing my Bloomberg terminal? <laughs> <laughs> it was way better than that. It's way better than that. I'm trying to tie in the bad joke to you being your guy in TradFi, the ghost of Wall Street, all of the all of the good stuff. Let's dive straight into it. Um, for this episode, we're going to have a uh, just a quick conversation about the market, talk about around the block, and um, obviously, if anyone does come into the live room and, and is keen to get up and chat with us, uh, give their perspective on the markets, uh, please feel free to call in um, right at the end. And uh, yeah, Q, let's dive in. Uh, what's the your Perspective on the market from last week. Um, it's been a bit of up, up and down. We don't really know what, at least from my perspective, uh, I'm not too, not, not too sure what direction this thing's heading in. Bitcoin's currently sitting at three thirty thousand three hundred dollars. Uh, where are we right now? Yeah. So I mean, the market's been been pretty pretty brutal for retail over the past couple of weeks with this range bound price action and a lot of kind of Bart Simpson price patterns that we've seen, which is like you know, basically a pretty good signal of institutional players here. Um, So we are in institutional territory. We're just moving between these big liquidation levels between bottom of the range at around 28,600 to top of the range at around 32,400. And we've kind of had this boring consolidation between that. But over the past couple of days, what we have been seeing on the four hourly patterns is that we've got lower highs forming and higher lows forming, which means we are starting to constrict the range a bit. Um, this this is going to probably lead to a pretty sharp punt of volatility, whether that's to the upside or the downside. We will just have to wait to see which way we end up breaking. 
my bias is that we are due for a bit of relief. And I think that, you know, whether we get relief or not will largely be dependent on what the CPI data prints on Friday is going to be um, with the Fed. So we need a, yeah, basically the, the direction of the market in crypto at the moment is that it's at the mercy of traditional finance and kind of more the macroeconomic status of, of what's going on in, in the economy at the moment. And yeah, the, the, the expectation for the CPI data prints on Friday is that it will come in sub 8% or 8.1%. If we get to those levels or meet that level, so if we come in under or meet that level, I would expect a pretty strong risk on sentiment uh, coming back into into the space, uh, be it in crypto and, and, and more traditional finance as well. But if we come in above it, I do expect there to be a sharp sell-off probably to get our swing lows to those low 20K levels for Bitcoin. Um, basically, what the inflation data will determine is how the Fed well, the, well, it will determine the Fed's forward guidance for the upcoming months, whether they're going to be more hawkish with possibilities of 75 basis point interest rate hikes or whether they're going to be more dovish, dropping to 25 basis points in August, September. So we're just going to have to see what happens with the CPI prints on Friday. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be a deciding data point as to whether we exit this range that we've been sitting in now consolidating for the past couple of weeks. It's been a sculpt trader's heaven, but it's been a retail a retail trader's downfall. Have you gotten any uh, sculpt trades past few days? Yeah, listen, I, I I landed a couple couple decent shorts on our good friend Cardano. I uh, took a few shorts on Solana as well. Um, quick. How dare you? How trade. dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Your one true love, uh, eh? <laughs> Solana and I, that coin made me money all the way up and it's made me money all the way down. <laughs> gotta love that. You gotta love that. Gotta love that. And, um, Johns, I was going to ask about the, the CPI print. Um, is there any, like, is there any way that you've seen or, like, is there any way of telling this sort of a, looking at it probab probabilistically, like, what outcome is more likely to happen? Is there any, I don't want to say like futures because I doubt there is on inflation, but something like this, is it just speculation at this point? And when does the market generally start to move before these events? Um, because obviously we have this whole thing with being priced in and, and whatnot. So has the market already new, uh, moved um, the whole buy the, buy the rumor, sell the news thing, I, I, which I've never fully grasped uh, properly. Maybe you can just give us some insight on that around yes. the actual event. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, I mean, what, what we have seen over the past couple of days is a little bit of relief in traditional stocks. We had a breakout of the falling channel that the S&P has been in, as well as the US study. So, we have seen a bit of strength and consolidation come for, for stocks, which is showing a bit of neutral forward guidance as well, leading into, into the CPI print. Uh, we also saw the Dixie pull back a little bit from its 105 highs to 101. Um, and I think people are starting to price in a possible relief rally now where they're expecting the CPI data to come in at expected levels of 8.1% or below. Um, and that's largely because there was a decline month over month on last month's uh, CPI print as well. So the expectation is that it is going to be coming down still. Um, and I think as long as it comes in less than last month's 83 I think we'll kind of have a neutral to a bullish sentiment in the market. 
Um, but the, the leading indicator here will be the stock markets. And obviously, crypto is correlated to that at the moment. Um, so crypto will probably lag the move of the stocks. Um, so we just got to keep an eye on S&P, the US 30, the NASDAQ. Um, keep an eye on how they react around that CPI print. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the market's expectation, the, the most common scenario at this point is that the, the Fed will pivot around August, September this year to a more dovish stance and a declining inflation rate will allow that pivot to take place. If inflation starts climbing again, the Fed has been very clear about saying that their sole purpose is to combat inflation this year. They're, that's their main goal. So if inflation is climbing, interest rates are going to go rampant, markets are going to plummet. But if inflation is coming down, we can expect that pivot. And I think a lot of people are starting to expect decent inflation data on Friday. So I think we are due for relief. Uh, it would make sense. Um, but I guess we don't know until until the day. And, yeah, I mean, that, that leads me to my, my next question, which I want to bring Luca in here as well. How are you guys both thinking about, um, you know, because obviously you guys work together on on this sort of thing, you know, not to mention your personal uh, personal books. Um, but in terms of thinking about portfolio structure, how do you position yourself going into uh, the next month, weeks, Bitcoin, uh, whatever Bitcoin, it may be? Bitcoin, it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but before Bitcoin, before, Bitcoin yeah, Bitcoin and cash, right? So don't worry about anything else. I mean, are we, yeah. Like the, 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 biggest, the biggest thing that, that a lot of people are, are, are doing right now is that they're DCAing into altcoins. And I think it's a really risky <laughs> and not a very responsible move, especially considering the way dominance is moving. And one thing I would like to just, to ever listen to the show that's thinking of, you know, buying into altcoins right now, just have a look at the 2018 bear market where Bitcoin had sideways range bound action while dominance spiked and altcoins bled a further 50 to 60% from the, a similar fractal point to where we are now in the market. Mm -hmm. So yes, most altcoins in the top 100 are down 60, 70, some even 90% from their all-time highs, but that's not to say they can't go down even more. And at least in their Bitcoin pairs, they could dump very hard. So the safest asset to play right now, besides cash, is Bitcoin. And, you know, the narrative is in a bull market stack dollars and a bear market stack Bitcoin. Um, and basically, I mean, if you look at ETH versus BTC, we've lost macro trend. The next realistic bottom out consolidation is probably another 40% move down for Ethereum versus Bitcoin. So just holding Bitcoin you know, ignoring the dollar value, you can get 40% more ETH, basically, if it reaches those levels. So a lot of people, um, when it comes to positioning themselves, need to switch their mindset to stacking sats rather than stacking dollars. And with that, accumulate Bitcoin as much as you can until dominance flips. Once dominance flips, that's when the alts become viable. But until that point, there's no reason why they can't dip another 90%. Q and and I mean, besides your technical analysis stuff, uh, trying to highlight that that example of uh, the downfalls of going into alts at this time, uh, we 
when UST was dumping and Luna was dumping, we all bought in <laughs> to Luna. You know, I, I can't say a percentage of like laughs versus being serious about it, but we bought in and that still all went to zero as well. So that I think that people need to keep that in mind about like that, even though something's cheap, it can still go down another 90%. Exactly. Um, I mean, Solana, Solana is a perfect example right now. I mean, you know, they've basically got fucking banking hours at this point because of all the shutdowns. So, it, 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 you know, in my mind, unless they sort that out, there's no reason why we can't see a $5, $6 uh, Solana again, um, especially if we lose that $24, $25 level, which is a strong uh, support zone. If we lose that, sub $10 is very, very possible for Solana. And a lot of people don't look at that as a realistic expectation. Like a lot of people didn't look at Bitcoin back to 20K as a realistic exp- uh, um, kind of level when we were sitting at 68K and look where we are now. So it's basically all, always about having kind of this forward guide, forward vision of what is possible and what isn't and always plan for the worst scenario to take place. And the best way to position yourself, in my opinion, like I said, is Bitcoin and cash. Um, I would say even as far as 50% Bitcoin, 50% cash would be a, a guideline, I guess. Um, that way, if we do see relief, you're catching the gain. You don't have to FOMO. You can look to then pull out and, and you know, take advantage of that relief push. Um, but if we go down, you're sitting on enough cash to accumulate that dip. And uh, Luca, thoughts to underline that? Uh, do you have a different perspective to John's? Uh, I mean, I think from a trading perspective, we're pretty much aligned. I mean, everyone needs to decide, are they trading, are they investing? Um, You know, fundamentally, I think from an investment perspective, you can definitely highlight the fact that, you know, there's probably no altcoin you can point to where you could liquidate a billion dollars easily, right? Probably most, it would be difficult to liquidate 500. So basically draw down in holdings of kind of assets which are not Bitcoin and Ethereum will take time, basically. Like funds will take time to offload new unlocks. There are a lot of factors stacked against the recovery in altcoins without utility and product. I think from an investment perspective, you need to ask, do you really have a market agnostic strategy, right? If, if you're reacting, then you're likely to, uh, I saw a great tweet the other day, uh, basically, most people are willing to hold 15% down, um, but then, you know, you drop another 15% and now you're down 40 and then you sell, right? You need to decide, is your investing strategy really market agnostic or are you actually trading? Because trading is generally on shorter time frames, and, you, you know, at some point you cut your losses if you're in a losing trade, right? You don't hold losing trades forever. So if you're a trader, you should really be looking quite carefully at your exposure I think John, you gave a fair assessment of where the market's at. Um, if you're an investor, this is obviously a good time to be buying. And I mean, John's even you know if 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 someone you know is not going to follow your textbook straight away. Uh, last question before we sort of move on. Um, if you were to sort of snap up Ethereum right now, maybe take Ethereum instead of Bitcoin, or like divvy it up between Ethereum and Bitcoin, is that still? Is that still okay in quotation marks or is just the optimal split currently BTC cash? Well, I don't think accumulating Ethereum at these levels is, is necessarily the smartest play. Um, I mean, I on, on the Discord server, I put a call in 
you know, to, to liquidate ETH for BTC at around uh, 0.0779. Today it's trading at about 0.059, which is, I don't even know what that is, like a 25% down move. So basically just looking at that, if you had liquidated your ETH into Bitcoin at that point, you would be able to accumulate around 25% more than you had at that time, regardless of what dollar value is done. And I think, you know, considering that we are in a bear market, we are going down, we're likely to get a double bottom touch of those low 20K levels over the next six to eight months. Um, you know, yes, we might see relief rallies. Yes, we might see Bitcoin make a rally back to 40K. But while dominance is climbing, it's likely that Bitcoin will outperform altcoins, including Ethereum. And I think there's enough concern around the ETH merge, the bear markets, you know, all these factors that I don't think ETH is a good play right now. Um, I think one's focus should be purely Bitcoin and uh, cash. And basically, when we see Bitcoin dominance flip, you can swap that Bitcoin into ETH and probably get an even better trade than the dollar rate that you're currently getting. Um, so I would strictly say Bitcoin and cash right now. And it's it's unusual for me because I'm an altcoin maxi, as you guys know. Um, <laughs> You know, so so it's 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 definitely a mind sh- uh, a shift in mindset focusing on focusing on industry. Well, look, the great that great perspective is pricing ETH in Bitcoin and you know seeing that twenty five percent move down. That's that's a great way to just underpin that. Um, and John's, I think uh, it's safe to say that you're you're degenerate in in the bull market, but I think when when the bear market comes around, you you do. Uh, have a head screwed on your shoulder shoulders. Although I don't know how much of that is uh, Luca uh, whispering in your ear, telling you to <laughs> be less listen, aggressive. Listen, <laughs> listen. If it wasn't for Steiner, I think my net worth would be about seventy percent less than what it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> would you Would you be holding a nice uh, full bag of Zilliqa or something, or yeah, some I'd be sitting on a bag of Shiba Inu stock, dog, <laughs> dog coin? <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe mongoose coin. More maybe just one more philosophical point to add, you know, I think again, Quinetta summarized it really well. I think you've just got to figure out what your time frame is, right? If your time frame is five years, I think you can blend out market volatility and, and, and probably think about the fact that, you know, maybe you don't want to be 100% exposed to proof of work assets in your portfolio. So obviously Ethereum's transitioning to proof of stake I think within the next 24 hours, the test net should be uh, moving over um, to, I think, its final version. I'm not too clear up on the details. But if, if you think five years out, you, you probably want to split between proof of work and proof of stake because you, you just don't know which way the world's going to turn. Um, so having, you know, short term is a different thing. Short term being kind of six to 12 months. You know, if you think really long term and, and you're really willing to, hold you you've got a market agnostic strategy then definitely considering proof of stake assets over the next six months will be a good move but again obviously sizing is important and of course all of this is not uh financial advice <laughs> um, all of that <laughs> thanks gary gary gensler is going to be coming after you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's coming down to shut down the web free show that's, yeah. how, that's yeah. how it's going <laughs> Sorry, Luca, you're in the middle of saying something oh, no, you need yourself. Maybe it was a uh, sensitive information. No, no, sensitive I'm, information. I'm joke, SEC v Web3 show, but. Uh... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, God. 
Well, at least at least we'll have uh, well at least we'll have the support of a a 188 person strong group of subscribers, uh, which uh, a few of in the in the room, which is nice to see people actually joining our live rooms since we moved to to morning recording in mornings. By the way, whose ideas whose idea was that to start uh, recording in the mornings? Um, we've missed a live audience. Um, and yeah, I mean, just to transition out the market, I think there was some great takes and 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 just. Um, sort of a, a way forward uh let's let's call it that boys what do we want to talk talk about do we want to talk about uh the telegram papers as i'm as i'm uh coining them uh, i need to probably trademark that because it's quite catchy <laughs> um uh do we want to talk about that uh by the way luca i saw that actually ethereum's merge upgrade they went live today or they're going live today on the robston testnet i'm not too sure uh, exactly the details but that's it looks like something's happening today for Ethereum, so that's probably something to watch closely. Um, do we want to talk about uh, uh, Illuvium, the NFT game selling seventy-two million dollars worth of digital land plots, uh, even in the in, even in the bear market? Uh, Johnny Depp. Quinnett's Qu- Qu- been dying to dig into those Panama Papers, Luca. Okay, <laughs> the Telegram papers, right? Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so, for context first, before Quinette gives us the the lowdown, because I know I, I hear from uh, good sources he's close to the situation. Um, yesterday, I think. Correct me if I'm. <laughs> how, how close am I to the situation? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. You're about to, you you're about to tell us. Close You're about to tell us, dude. You lay um, us up so, so badly with these questions sometimes. <laughs> you really, hey, you I sound like I'm one of those fucking top twenty guys. Yeah, you're about to get docked <laughs> like, by this uh, by this by this guy. Oh, oh, yeah, it's hectic. It's hectic stuff. Well, anyway, just to give people people surely have caught on by this by by this time that I'm talking shit most of the time when I give these uh, introductions. But uh, anyway, yesterday, I'm pretty sure, John's correct me if I'm wrong, this person joined Twitter yesterday under the username at adding nobody. Um, a, dying and nobody. a dying nobody. A dying, sorry, geez, that was yeah. bad. A dying <laughs> nobody. Do you English, my boy? <laughs> Do I English? No, because Twitter puts everything, all the letters together. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, they, they wrote like a memoir. Uh, starting off with Dear Crypto. Um, I'll probably, uh, I'll throw the link in if anyone does want to, to read, uh, once the episode's published, if anyone does want to read it. But basically, coming apparently they're coming clean about all of this sort of data mining stuff they've done from a floor in the Telegram program, Algo, um, where they can see, basically, they've been harvesting uh, messages from certain crypto groups. And... This person claims to have, you know, gotten pretty wealthy off, uh, you know, certain trade calls or stuff. But they've also then seen the seen a, a darker side of of what was happening. Um, John, I know you you read through this. Is there more to summarize from that? Like, what else uh, did I miss there in terms of what was going yeah, on? Well, well I, I think I think the 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 underlying thing here is that you know d- data data like breaches and things like that are an ongoing narrative and telegram has been aware of this breach or this possible exploit uh in in the back end for for about a year or two if i've read correctly um and basically you know if if this is true 
there's going to be some incredible like uproar <laughs> from crypto communities. And I just want to read four parts of the tweet thread. But literally, if you go to at a dying nobody on Twitter, you'll be able to read the entire thread. Give yourself about an hour to really absorb what they're trying to say here because it's it's pretty brutal. But basically, add add, add Yang nobody. Yeah. <laughs> so so just just to read like a small little part of it. June 15, 15th will publish experts from crypto influencers ranging from as little as 800 followers to as much as a million followers discussing pertaining to racism and homophobia of adultery and sexual assault of members of the public and those within the crypto communities. Those with eight to nine figures and high amounts of Twitter followers discussing rug bull projects intended to scam the community and individuals dating back to December 2019 to Feb 2022, killing and stealing the crypto of an individual with a group of friends. June 30th, project creators in the top 200 market cap projects from yield farming projects to stable coins to AMMs, all designed from start to siphon funds from the majority of users and discussions of everything included from the crypto influencers. Invitations to orgies on private jets and mansions and VR settings, orgies everywhere, sexual assault, rape, and pedophilia, including orgies of, with victims as young as eight years old. Assassinations not once, not twice, but three times coordinated through Telegram. Lots of adultery and weird obsessions with ex-girlfriends by gifting them millions in dollars, hoping to get them to fall back in love with you. You know who you are, just let it go. Asking Twitter employees to personally delete or ban accounts. That's just a few kind of like excerpts from this this thread, basically. And I think if this and is, I think a lot of a lot of that is not 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 to be joked about, right? Like a lot of that is serious stuff that they're alleging. It's incredibly serious, and 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 just to think that you know they they you know re- reading through the thread, it's alleged that a lot of the people who are partaking in these things that are going to be leaked is people from reputable projects, founders of reputable projects that we have all probably invested in. Um, So it's going to be incredibly interesting to see how or what happens if this does get leaked, if it's true, um, what it does to those projects, because we do know that crypto is investing in teams at the moment as it is a speculative space. So look at what happened with Phantom with Andre Cronio when he said he was leaving. You know, it, it plummeted. So it's going to be very interesting to see what the social sentiment is towards the tech based on what these potential founders have allegedly been up to on some of the leading yield farming platforms and things like that. So it is a scary scenario. And yeah, I think it's going to be very, very brutal the way it unfolds if it is true. And yeah, it's it's super fascinating. And the dates to look out for, correct me if I'm wrong, or if you said them, John, they're like June the 15th and then a month later or something so it's sort of like there is a timeline attached to this and we were chatting on a, uh offline on our uh on our group about it and, and and just sort of exchanging some initial thoughts and reactions um i sort of said it's either complete complete bs or it's going to be world shattering for the crypto community um because you know and for context i mean this tweet has gone viral in itself 20,000 likes at, you know as of just being uh, posted 36 hours ago this uh the the account has 40 over 40,000 followers and luca you actually said something quite interesting uh on the group you said the unhappy middle ground would would be if they were silenced um do you want to maybe expand on that and obviously you you mentioned that twitter could uh you know take this thing down i mean is that is that likely uh 
maybe expand on that on that comment you made well like you say it's uh really serious allegations um and there's obviously a, a, a push on these platforms to limit misinformation um you know irrespective of what side of the debate you're on um particularly topics such as you know children being abused etc it's very likely to be censored um and you know you've you've got two sides obviously you, you know you've got the unhappy uh, investors who you know feel they've been tricked by by a very unforgiving space um crypto does lead the sheep to the slaughter um and then you've got kind of a lot of big accounts saying you know what if you click on this link um you know, if something happens to your coins or accounts, it's it's on you, really. You know, this would be an extraordinary, extraordinarily effective um, uh, hack attempt, right? If you get a bunch of people to download these Telegram papers because they're curious uh, and they're really just downloading malware. So, you know, the unhappy middle ground would be if, you know, um, neither side is proven right. Um, because you know the allegations are widespread. So, now, so, so true. So, so even if, even even if you know the account is removed, um, the allegations will stay. And and I mean we you know we haven't made allegations like this publicly and uh, you know with such magnitude obviously, but I mean for at least you know I would say seventy percent of our episodes, we've been you know calling out a lot of the flaws that we see in crypto influencer culture, crypto Twitter, a lot of the stuff. So I'm, you know, based on those conversations, you know, which I truly believe in just, just the sort of misaligned interests and cash grabbing and grifting as a, uh, you know, as is mentioned a lot by, uh, by J. Cole, like, this is going to be i'm fascinated to see what actually comes out and i and i wonder if any of these so-called bad actors are actually going to be exposed as such so definitely something to watch i yeah i hope it doesn't fizzle out and because i just want to see the drama unfold actually but i mean i obviously it's complete speculation but i don't know if you guys want to want to comment on saying do you think anything's going to be released that could be very i mean very damaging to crypto beyond social sentiment i mean moving markets sort of stuff or maybe q you can speak more to this um you know having more experience in seeing market moves based on events and stuff but uh, i'm just i'm just thinking like is it just going to tarnish the space fully uh just obviously thinking aloud don't know if you guys have any comments on that yeah, well, I mean, it's it's definitely going to have some some form of impact, you know, whether it, it gets censored or not. Um, I, I think, you know, there, there, there's this looming narrative now of these allegations that have been put out there. And like Luther said, the allegations are out there. So I think, you know, they're, they're, I think there will be quite an impact. If it is true, if it comes out that some of the most reputable projects, you know, have you know, fall, fall into these allegations and they're true. And uh, yeah, I think, I think the impact will be pretty brutal. Um, I'm not sure about price catalysts, but definitely from a sentiment point, there will be a lot of negativity. I think crypto Twitter will be best to just switch off for a couple of weeks. Um, Cause it will probably get very, very, very brutal out there. 100%. Uh, definitely something interesting to watch um, as we transition out. Um, is there any any other 
cool things you guys have seen around the block, interesting things. I mean, I, I before I, I was just a headline scanning and I saw, uh, I was wanting to ask you guys if you got your hands on uh, Johnny Depp Ethereum NFTs because um, apparently they were they were mooning um, after he won the case against Amber, Amber Heard. Um, <laughs> also, the the I, I wanted I wanted to also mention the that Illuvium, that highly touted game um, uh, on being built on Ethereum. Uh, they sold over seventy two million dollars in digital land plots, and I just wanted to, like I, I have no clue who on earth is buying this stuff right now, but it's pretty impressive. I don't know what you guys think briefly. Like how that's pretty impressive that they could sell that amount of digital land plots and that uh, the speculation is still alive and well, right? They haven't even released their game. Um, I could be wrong. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure it's all pre-release of the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I haven't looked into that sale, so I wouldn't know what the buyer demographics are, but it could very well be that it was VCs buying up plots of land, you know, or, or possible early investors, you know, furthering their positions in the project. Um, but like I said, I haven't seen the demographic of buyers, whether it was retail or, you know, bigger players in the space. I would assume it's bigger players. There's not a lot of retail left in this market. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super interesting. I mean, you also had the other side metaverse doing 300 million. When was it? Three weeks ago on their, on their metaverse sales as well. So it's, yeah, I think, I think there are sort of speculative narratives for, for big investors to get involved in this metaverse space super early. Um, because it is probably the decade play, um, you know, being an early stage backer into these metaverse based projects that have potential for the future. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a strong narrative. Yeah, if one, if one pops over the next three, four, five, six, seven years, it's like, you know what I mean? It's could be huge returns. And, uh, A16Z have to put their, uh, $4.5 billion fund to use somehow, right? Uh, yeah, so it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if it, if they were getting involved. Um, boys, as we wind down closing comments, um, if anyone was, does want to jump in and, uh, call in, have a quick chat, uh, say hi. That would be great. Uh, otherwise, I think we're gonna we're gonna wind it down. Um, closing comments for the for the market. Uh, I think we've we've said it right. Yeah, uh, I mean, Bitcoin, it's- Bitcoin Cash. That's it. Yeah, Bitcoin and cash, and let's see what the CPI data print is on Friday. Luca, now that uh, now that crypto is dead, what uh, what <laughs> what stock should I buy? And I just opened a Robinhood account. <laughs> Oh, I don't know uh, if you're going to have better luck there, Luca. Sorry. <laughs> I, I probably would. GameSpot is making a comeback. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, they made a couple of million dollars, I read the other week, from their um, NFT sales that yeah. they got from Immutable. Fantastic. Love that. <laughs> Love that. All right. Well, I think um, I think we can, we can wind it down. Uh, thanks so much for everyone joining the live room. It's been so good to see people actually joining in and, and listening in live. We really appreciate it. Um, and to the wizards, uh, Galactic Q as always, thanks uh, for, for uh, giving us direction in these directionless times. And uh, Luca for the, for the lovely philosophical com- uh, comments and uh, uh, part of the conversation. Um, I think uh, we, we were doing that a lot this weekend and it was, uh, I think it's just probably the bleeding over from, from our very philosophical conversations. Um, it was a great weekend. Thanks for coming, Luke. <laughs> 100%. We'll be back soon and uh, 
Quinette is going to definitely join us next time out there uh, in Norway once he gets his ass over to Europe. Yeah, boys, well, just need a passport for that. Eh? <laughs> Ho- hopefully before 2023 at this rate, right? Yes, but hopefully before the next Bitcoin harvest. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's 24, right? 2024, boys. <laughs> I mean, surely. you got lots of time, surely. I'll be in Dubai before that. <laughs> I won't wait that long. <laughs> oh, what are you doing in Dubai? No, well, Brian, it's the alternative, I guess. Oh, uh, uh, right, right. It's going to be my home. <laughs> hey, listen, if you're in Dubai, I'm in Dubai. That sounds Let's pretty go. good. Let's go. <laughs> right. Thanks, boys. Uh, thanks for the show, and uh, thanks for everyone for joining. Um, if you aren't part of the Discord, link is in the episode description right now. Uh, Q is always dropping more alpha, extra alpha there, and uh, it's just a good space for people hanging on in crypto to uh, feel the pain with each other and have a, have a good conversation. Um, but, yeah, thanks, everyone, for joining, and we will see you for episode 30.